amazing one. Thank <laughs> you. Hope. <laughs> it's just loading. Watch, watch it be perfectly timed, where he comes back at five o'clock on the dot. All right. <laughs> All right. I guess. Let me see if we're actually. I guess we must be live. Sleeping live on Facebook. All right, so let's go. All right, ready? We're live. We all live. All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host. Along with me today is my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, Bill Cannon. You're what's up, Bill? The very handsome Bill Cannon. Would you stop saying that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the very handsome Bill Cannon. All right, thank and, uh, you. I'm used to that. When I don't hear that, I don't know if we should start the show or not. <laughs> we, have a, we have a very exciting well, Wait, before you go, I, I got to give a shout out to some guy. And you have to also push our Patreon. Don't think, I mean, let me just give a shout out, first of all, to Joe Locus. He is a um, New York City cop who became disabled. He went down to North Carolina. He uh, runs an organization now that helps out with PTSD. He just joined our dipped in butter level on our Patreon. So he really knows what it's like to have him dipped in butter now. You know, <laughs> I had to, I told him I'd give a shout out to him. In fact, Amanda, he says he knows you too. He does? Through his work with uh, PTSD, yes. So I don't, want Mark, I don't want to step on Mark because he has a whole introductory thing he does. I just wanted to give Joe Locus a shout out. He lives in the <laughs> Go to Florida. So that's it. That's all you thank got, Joe. Joe. That's a shout out. Well, thank you, Joe, to, uh, uh, for supporting us and to all our fans out there um, where we're getting a, a, a few every trickling in every day, Patreon uh, customers. And uh, we, we appreciate you. Uh, you're helping out, helping us spread the word. And uh, our guest today is going to help us uh, more spread the word to help out law enforcement. But before we go there, for two things. First, I want to apologize for my shirt. Normally, we don't uh, record at 5 o'clock. We record at 7. And on Mondays, I do like a cosplay. And I, I, uh, it's a Miami Vice cosplay. And I, I, uh, I do the uh, I'm Don Johnson in it. So um, Yeah, yeah. You just dress like that all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Where'd you, get, where'd you get that haircut? Where'd you get a free bowl of soup with that haircut? <laughs> I, went with the, I got the lollipop instead. I went with the lollipop. But uh, yeah, so we're doing the Patreon thing right now. And uh, we have a lot of fans of the show that have been tuning in for about a year right now. We want you guys to come on board. We got exciting stuff that's going on behind the wall. Bill right now has put up his first episode of a true crime uh, three. Uh, it's a, he'll tell you about it uh, with Michael O'Keefe. I'm in the process of recording uh, a weekly. Uh, I don't want to say current event. Current, current event thing. I'm still trying to uh, think of uh, a title for it. Uh, but uh, maybe you guys can help me out if you want to send in suggestions. We're going to talk about the week in law enforcement. That could be it, uh, too. But um, so, Bill, what, what, what do you want to give us? A, help us with the Patreon. Tell us. OK, more. we have three levels, three tiers. Uh, the first tier is the bucket. And you don't want to be in the bucket because that's only seven bucks. We'll, we'll bucket, take it. We'll take it's it. It's a derogatory thing being called the bucket. The we'll second level costs nine bucks. That's polish my rack as my metal rack being a cop and the third one is the one you really want to be in and that's dipped in butter because if you've ever dipped them in butter you know how okay you know, you know, what with these names so good 
And you notice I didn't say what's being dipped in butter, but you got an idea. So the dipped in butter costs 11 bucks a month. And believe me, the $11 <laughs> dipping them in butter is worth it. <laughs> we'll, come back, we'll come back to the Patreon uh, later on um, and tell you how to get on board. But I don't want to leave our guest here. She's coming in all the way from Dublin, Ireland. Oh. How you doing, guys? I'm so sorry. My, my body just fell. My dog just needs to start to come in. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> he wants to get in the action. Get <laughs> him on board. <laughs> oh, that could be dangerous. Big. What dog is that? Yeah, yeah. The German Shepherd. <laughs> His name's Rookie, funny enough. <laughs> He's the rookie family. Uh, joining us from Ireland is uh, Amanda Coleman. She is the founder of the Irish Angel, which is a nonprofit, Amanda. It is. It's a 501c3. And um, basically, she's doing a ton of great stuff for law enforcement, for first responders, for military. So uh, she's here to tell us all about it. And I just, uh, I, don't, I know that you're based in New York, right? Yeah, our office is in New York. Um, sure, but you're in Dublin. Dublin, yeah. But it's good that I can do everything virtually, so it's great. Like, you know, well, you know I, Temple Bar must be a graveyard right now. Oh, you've cool. no idea. It's dead. Like there, there's actual actual live cameras you can zoom into into Temple Bar at any time. And it's like so a ghost. You could just drink in, in your house and the tears run down your face. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be drinking Temple a Temple Bar, Bar, Bar anyway. <laughs> I love I love Gall- you you like the guitarist Rory Gallagher? We call him yeah. Gallagher. Irish call him Gallagher. 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 We call him Gallagher. <laughs> He was one of the greatest blues guitarists, and they have a street in Temple Bar named after him. It's amazing. This, this, it's funny. There's up around that whole district. There's a lot of places there that's dedicated to music, Irish musicians for sure. Yeah, you know, including them. Um, I love the music there. You know. Yeah, it's and good. It's great. The best music was in Doolin and Dingle. Oh, really? You were in Dingle? Yeah, I loved it there. <laughs> Rocking it in Dingle, huh? It's like I came home. <laughs> Beautiful. Like, they said, "Oh." You must be Squire Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love Dingle. Dingle's beautiful. Kerry itself is, is it's great fun and it's beautiful. So it's there one of the nice parts. Of the <laughs> like a language shut up. Look at you. That's like the uh, the Irish national anthem, right? The town I live so well. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You'll have to come over here once all this COVID nonsense is over. I'd love to, man. I love, I love drinking. We'll take you to all the, all the spit and sawdust places. And Mark, Mark's Dominican, and he's no stranger to the sauce either. Ah. <laughs> sure, Wait, it's allowed. Did you live in New York before? Did Sorry? You, did you live in New York before? No, I didn't. My sister lives in New York, though. She's, um, she's out there in Long Island. Um, okay. She has a place in Manhattan as well, but with all that's going on in Manhattan, she's rarely there. She's she stays mm-hmm. on out in Long Island, you know. So it's all good. I you love New York, so I miss it. New York, you, you settle in in Bronx, in the Bronx in Norwood. You feel you fit right in. You think? Norwood. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go. I've never been in the Bronx. That's well, one place uh, well, in New York. Norwood. I haven't been in. You don't want to go everywhere in the Bronx, but in Norwood, you'd be all right. Good. It's all Irish, yeah. It's yeah, all the whole thing is Irish. But it's amazing because nearly everybody is Irish. <laughs> That's the one thing I love about America. And, and it's funny, like, when you talk to a lot of Americans, and um, they're always like, they claim, like, they have, may, it may only be like 1% of the, 
of being Irish, but they cling on to that and they they know their history, like they know everything. I'd be blown away because nowadays, if you were to ask someone, a kid from here, history on Ireland, so you'd be like, yeah, you know, like, so it's nice to hear people that it's it's a culture that's, even though it is only a tiny little percentage of someone's, someone's um, genetics, uh-huh. they still know their history and they still have the crack and, you know, they claim heritage to that and it's great. I didn't know that Ben Morrison was Irish until I was. Yeah, born. he doesn't sound Irish, or he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, he's got the bad attitude of, a, of an Irishman that needs a cocktail. He does. He's got a temper. He's got a temper. <laughs> he's known for that. Brilliant, though. I love his music. I love his music. I do. I love it. You'd never, you know, you'd never think. I was never driving through, uh, I think it was Duel or Dingle, there was a sign tonight, this was years ago, Noel Redding. And Noel Redding was the bass player for the Jimi Hendrix Experience. And he was, he was Irish. And That's good. Did you go see him? This little bar. And I was like, holy shit, look at this. You know? <laughs> Did you go see him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was cool that he was playing there, you know? Yeah, no, it's about, yeah, for such a small, tiny little country, we sure have made an impact when it comes to musicians and, um, in just in general, like when, when I was, because you talk to a lot of people doing this from across the whole world. And when you're talking to people, like I said, they always claim their heritage to Ireland. Right. And you're going to yourself, for such a tiny country, we made a big splash all the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, good, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's amazing, like, to think that everybody, it's from some corner of the world has Irish in them. Yeah. Well, you know, unless you really learn like the history and the culture and all of that stuff, like I grew up, my, my great grandparents were from Ireland, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we, the typical Irishman, my grandfather was a fireman, my brother was a cop, you know, and then I became a cop. We couldn't figure out what else to do. <laughs> Look at you now. We didn't Post own any horses shows. like in back in the old country, so we, we couldn't raise Hosting horses. Hosting shows and talking butter balls now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a bartender too. I was like the Irish, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about Irish Angel? Yeah, Irish Angel was founded because I have family in law enforcement here in Ireland. And it's very different. Well, to could you phone. say how they pronounce the Garda? Angarda Shiakana. Angarda Shiakana. Yeah. <laughs> that, that stands for Guardians of the Peace, right? Of the Peace. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I never knew how to pronounce it. Yeah, no, it's it's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, the Irish, the Irish language, even to read it, doesn't sound like it like it reads. It's it's weird. But anyway, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out, and I'm born here, huh? <laughs> it's funny, but um, yeah. So it was founded because we were having a hard time here in Ireland. We had we had protests going on, and cops were being targeted. Their homes was being targeted, and everything. So. Um, I was really annoyed and it's very different because in America you can talk about these things in Ireland you can't like any um, of the stuff that goes out into the newspapers or anything like that is released from the Garda press office so you can't jeopardize your job by talking about it outside of work so it annoyed me it really annoyed me and um, my cousin had said to me you know Amanda he says you need to see what's happening in the states and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, people are being, cops are being ambushed in their cars. And funny enough, it was four years ago. It was in the run up to the elections. And so um, I went online and I seen what was happening and I was blown away because we're, we're I suppose, we're shielded from all that. We don't see that here. Um, 
so I was shocked. I was just, I couldn't believe it because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you have blue in your family, blue is blue and you know the person behind the badge. So when I seen that happening, that affected me, even though I'm not from there. Right. So, um, and then I was seeing the hatred towards them online. These organizations, Black Lives Matter, were huge at the time then too. It's funny, they, they seem to come and they seem to go within four years, um, every four years. So um, I went on to LinkedIn and I started to post messages of support and it just blossomed from there. Like I was being inundated with mails from across the state thanking me for what I was doing. You have 43,000 followers on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You think yeah. they're all going to join our Patreon? I'll get them on. <laughs> <laughs> they love me. It's like we all have this, like this massive big join dipped in butter. <laughs> I dipped in butter, butter balls. You don't even get your butter balls. <laughs> so we, we, need, we need more women to join dipped in butter because according to I'll our page, only 12% of our fans are women. So we need more women to... We get the women on. I'll get them on. I was going to make Mark wear a speedo during this uh, podcast, but he wouldn't do well, it. Well, seeing as he's representing, like, I mean, what, what was the Miami Vice? Get the speedos out. <laughs> <laughs> the booty smugglers. <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say. He's embarrassed. No, he say nothing. <laughs> say nothing until you hear more. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so it just kind of grew from there. And um, they, a SWAT team got together and gave me an honorary call sign that was Irish Angel. Uh, so I turned it into a website that was going to be a safe place for people to go and be able to blog and talk about situations. And along the way, I learned about how bad PTSD affects law enforcement. You know, we always associate it with veterans and, right. and, and that sort of thing. But I started to see then that the, the suicides go up every single year when I was going this ain't right, like, you know, um, and PTSD actually runs in my family. It's very something that's very close to my heart. So that coupled with it being law enforcement just made me want to do something to help, you know, but I had to educate myself as well because America is a very different place to Ireland, even though we're the same sort of people, we're very different in how we think. Like um, I had to learn about the constitution. You have to learn about the American way and that politics goes hand in hand with everything over there. Like right. it's unbelievable. Like the amount of, like I had no idea. <laughs> like in Ireland, when we vote people in, you're voting them in and, and you don't really hear much more about it apart from the day-to-day -day politics. And even then no one really bats an eyelid about. So, um, but it, it can, it's all so consuming in America. So now, yeah, now it go is. ahead. Now it is. It wasn't yes. like this. It's crazy. You'll probably make a statement. Uh, I mean, before Trump, it may, Obama, maybe even, and it, it, there was less and less as you went back in presidents, but maybe you'd hear from the president once every two weeks. Yeah, that's the way it is here. It's like, yeah. But now it's, it's not only just once a day, it's, you know, five, it's, ten times a day. Yeah, and then it's yeah. on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok. Everywhere, it's all everywhere. It's bombardment with uh, constant news, you know. That it you is, know. it is, and and it's a lot of news. I guess in a way, you know, I, I I'm over here. You probably know this. You've been here, right? Over here, it's um, we're very. You have to keep in mind we're very shielded from what's actually going on. 
And Ireland is a very liberal social country anyway, because we signed up to the EU. And to me, as far as I'm personally concerned, that was a wrong thing for us to do because we lost our own identity in a way. We're not the Ireland of old, you know? Um, and I miss that. I, I genuinely do. And I think that's why I'm a little bit, you know, um, a little bit more passionate about helping you guys out and as in spreading word about because it's all the, the grass is always greener from the other side right it's great in hindsight to join this you know to be all be the same and 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 you know everybody benefit from it doesn't work that way right it really doesn't our healthcare system is a mess and there's loads of other things as immigration problems it's, it's just you know it's it doesn't work it really does like I, that's why I'm so passionate about you guys holding on to what's dear to you, the American way, your freedoms. Like it's something, it's something that we've lost as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, I get bothered when I see everybody trying to be the same and be all under one rule. We're not. We're all, you know, you it's what makes happened. us unique. Hmm? You know what's happened in the last few years is that if you were uh, for a certain politician, or say you're a Republican. People didn't even want to listen to your opinion because they right exactly. away they had that, oh, you, you know, and they could paralyze a conversation by just using, saying racist, you know. Yes. Like that, yeah. that word just like ends the conversation. So if everything's racist, nothing's racist, you know. Exactly. But, but God, where, where is the days, right? Where is the days where we could all have a laugh? If something was said, you know, you'd, you'd laugh about it. There was no, people were just kinder to each other. We all had a bit of banter. Now you're afraid to say anything in case you offend someone. You're like, I love, I love, that, I love that word banter. That's so. Nice. <laughs> it's a good um, ally, right? <laughs> love the banter. <laughs> you have to have a bit of crack, right? <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah. about what you said was uh, that you said you went back like four years ago or something like that, or yeah. I don't know how many years ago you said about Black Lives Matter coming over there and. Uh, yeah things changing and it's almost like they practice on a smaller country first it is it's Not the same thing has come over here so you might have been the trial run and that's where we're going <laughs> because no the truth is our you know you mentioned you know i'm a comedian i've been it builds a comedian stand up uh there's virtually no comedy going on over here it's shut down anything that has to do with freedom of speech is it's shut down um, yeah you know, everybody's just reading their own, whatever side they fall on, their own news. So nobody really is looking, is becoming impartial and seeing both sides. Of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you differ from opinion, then you're going to get shut down. And this yeah, is exactly you do. like, you know, you just get kicked off of uh, your platform or you get you get uh, <laughs> suspended or something like that, you know, and it's just for just because you have a difference of opinion from the person that's running that platform. Exactly. And I find that I, f I find that in a, offensive in itself because it makes us, it's like a control thing. It's like they want to control every aspect about what we say. If it doesn't fit their agenda, we're off. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing that gets me is I was that person. I was the Obama lover because over here he was God. You know, we even have a place called after the man. But it was only when I did my homework and I realized, listen, the, who and what I support, he has divided and he has he has segregated and 
he has caught people like the, the the military like i mean he he destroyed that by cutting all those all the, the military it was ridiculous right so i weighed up the pros and cons of who was who had the best who had the best argument when it came to help the law enforcement first responders in the military and that for me was trump and i was never a trump lover either like don't get me wrong i've kind of grown to, to to like him um i think he's quite funny <laughs> as a person like he actually makes me laugh um, but, you know, at the same token, everybody had this persona about him and they still have it here. And that's why I, I don't like posting political stuff, but I, I like to post it now just because we're so conditioned here to what we see on the news. Like we don't get Fox News. We don't get anything like that. So it's all one sided. You don't get it. Sorry? What do you mean you don't get it? Uh, we had it here and for just after the election last year, they pulled it from our networks. Wow. So you'd have to go online to see it? I have to go online to see it. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Darren Porter, like I love his 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 videos and stuff, but I have to wait and he sends me the links for them because I can't see them online because they're not open time. Imagine, you know, so is there a huge crowd right now in Temple Ball watching this on a big screen. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Log on and have a look. <laughs> imagine, could you imagine? Like on the Jumbotron. This is live. <laughs> be great crack, wouldn't it? It'd <laughs> be great fun. <laughs> I'd like to be down there having a few. <laughs> For sure. I miss, I actually miss being like that you go out and be social, like even going down to the store and not having to stick a stupid mask on your face, you know? It's just, I know, it's true. I you know today was the first day my gym was open, but you really? had to wear a mask. And I was only like four people in the gym, and I was one of them. So as you can see, <laughs> I'm semi shredded today more than I <laughs> You're ripped. <laughs> I'm ripped up from, from a half hour workout. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but hey, you're doing it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully now things will start to open a bit more, you know. I just kids are going back to school next week, so that's something. That's so, a big that's a big controversy too. Like do they, Yeah, it's ridiculous. Do they go online it's, or they go to school, you know. They need that social interaction. I don't care how many Zoom meetings you have, your kids need that social interaction interaction. Otherwise, you know, they just end up on computer games. They can't go out and play. It's just. It's... Yeah, but the teachers, though, the teachers, they don't want to go back because if, if they go back to teaching, then who's going to protest at night? <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> it's of the Antifa members are teachers. This is it. Isn't that, isn't that just so messed up? Because these are the people influencing our kids. We're going to get some hate mail from the teachers union, but they're no friends of the Pope yeah. either. Fund the police. Fund the police. The teachers union voted to defund the police. Yeah, exactly. So, so teachers go back to school and earn your paycheck. Exactly, exactly. You have to. You just have to laugh at these people. They're hilarious. Like it's like you wind them up and watch them go. It was only today I posted. Exactly. I posted about Mayor Lightfoot. Isn't that her name in in Chicago? How, oh, how she's called, she, she's a piece of work, right? But she um she was calling for not only the defunding of police, but the dismantling of police. And yeah. then she had the gall to say that she wants the police to protect her streets. I'm like, hell to know. <laughs> you know, your constituency is more important than your damn street, right? But not in her eyes. 
So I posted it up on LinkedIn. I woke up this morning and it had something like a thousand and something comments on it. And these people were absolutely going to town on the post. Like it was ridiculous. But there was this one particular person and his his uh, his slogan underneath was what big white microphone for Black Lives Matter. And he absolutely ripped into everybody. So I basically told him where to go, you know, but it, it's, and he's very well educated. <laughs> I did it in a very nice, polite way, yes. but in a very irritating way. And I, ke I kept oh, watching. Carry a big shillelagh. <laughs> I know, right? I kept watching his post coming and I could now, you know what liberals do, right? You know how they go from shouting to screaming, right? So I could just picture the two of them. I was like, right, that's it. <laughs> I was like, that's it. He's supposed to. How was that? Quote science if it if it agrees with their position. But if the exactly. science disproves their position, they don't mention science. No, the facts don't. They don't want to know facts. Oh, you know? science. You know, science. I don't what, science. Really, what, what was it Biden said? Uh, science over facts, or was it science over fiction? Oh God, I can't remember now. But I have it up on my web up on my Facebook page. Only made a video of him saying. You have to have those sayings on your wall, like. Oh my God, facts. He's a lula. It's crazy what's going on. I just, I. Every isn't it like watching a movie though? It's like every single day you wake up and there's something a little bit more bizarre than the previous day. How is the goddess Sachana, if I say it correctly? How are they respected in Ireland? Um, pretty good. Like, in fairness, the guards are great here. It's it's a very different beast here. It's like, you know, we, we as as you know, we don't carry firearms. We have certain groups within law enforcement who do. Right. But crime here is just starting to go crazy. I'd say in the last three years, like we have guns. Jesus, I think there was um, what's um, going to, oh, a rocket propelled launcher and all caught in Dublin port. You know, it, it's just, there's, there's gangs, drug, drug wars going on and people shooting each other left, right, etc. But yeah, our police are not, they're not protected. They wear stab-proof rather than bulletproof vests and no guns and not proper training either. Like, you know, so we need to kick ourselves into this century and take, you know, when take I, a leap. When I was in Dublin and I took a walk on Grafton Street, I saw a lot of heroin junkies. Yeah, a lot of them, you know, but now we have centers where they can go and, and, and inject themselves. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I love that. Can you guys hear me? Sorry? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. I was going to ask you that about the drugs. What kind of drugs do they do in, in, in Ireland? Like is heroin, is that what's big there? Do they Heroin, have meth, crack, everything. They have it's everything. The it's the same. Yeah, same thing, same thing. It's just insane. And you guys know as well, and I kind of pity, I, I actually pity Air Force because we don't have the training that you guys do. Like you get, your training is unreal. And I have to laugh at these people saying that the police need to be retrained. I'm going, you want to live in this country and see the training that the cops get. They don't get, they don't get much at all. And it's not their fault. It's, you know, it, it is what it is here. But when you're up, with, up against someone who's on meth, you know the strength that they have. It's unreal, you know, and, and they have to go in there and fight, fight for, to save their own lives and to get this beast under control, right? Even stronger and, than me after a half hour workout. <laughs> <laughs> You're a tank. <laughs> I was pumping those 40 pound dumbbells today. So was I, so was I. <laughs> in me dreams. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, the drugs, the drugs thing is rampant here. It's crazy, crazy. Well, you guys have a big alcohol problem there too, like everywhere else in the world too. Uh, the funny, not as bad. Like in fairness, like Ireland of old, I'd have said yeah, but like the Ireland of today is very different. Um, I don't, I don't see it the way it once was. Like people can take or leave a drink now, and you know that's such a good thing where before we were, that's the one thing we're really known for is, is a good old something, right? But, well, if you go to a, if you go to an AA meeting in, in Ireland, will it be packed or will it be two guys there? I don't know. I've never been. Funny enough. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Sometimes to do stand up comedy. They probably you, hold it in the pub. You can get like a half hour. And then you, <laughs> you probably hold the, the AA meetings in the pub. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be one bit surprised. Quiet down. We're gonna have a minute for to sober up, and then we'll get back to drinking. And then <laughs> we get back to you. <laughs> I'll start again next week. <laughs> and the whole social life in Ireland is built around the pubs, right? Um, it's not anymore. Um, it used to be. It used to be. Um, when the recession hit that time, it made everybody reevaluate their life I suppose in a way because one people couldn't afford to go out drinking anymore if you went out to the pub that was on a special occasion you know people would have a few beers at home it would, that's just the way it was and I think that kind of somehow changed our culture slightly uh, so you wouldn't like I have I since the recession I don't go to the pub I don't go out if it's a special occasion like you know I just I don't if I'm going for a bite to eat a lot of the time the pubs over here now survive off the food they serve rather than the drink they serve wow. so it's so it's very different it's a very different culture now very different it's crazy so i won't be going to aa just yet if someone has someone in law enforcement has say a ptsd problem or, or they have some real horrendous health problem and the department that they're on won't help them how can they get help through you and your organization? Well, the organization was designed basically from, I did a lot of research. I went over to the States last year um, and I went around a couple of uh, treatment centers and I was very blessed. I sat in, in on a thing called wrap up where people come in and they leave. And for me, seeing that alone and seeing seeing people at their most vulnerable stage and then seeing somebody when they're, when they're leaving, it was just incredible. Like what those six weeks did was just oh, it was amazing so I wanted to do something to help so I, I spoke with a lot of the organizers of these companies and I was you know what can we do to help if we make this a 501 I want to be very proactive in how we help law enforcement first responders the military just because don't get me wrong there's tons and tons of nonprofits out there who are there to raise awareness and there's never enough awareness can be raised surrounding this kind of thing but I wanted to be very proactive in how we helped people. So we got to talking and a couple of places are very good. They run scholarship schemes for people who can't afford it if their insurance doesn't cover it. Because not all insurance companies cover the costs of something like addiction or something like PTSD or, you know, that sort of thing. So they said um, they run the scholarship scheme, but they don't, it doesn't cover the likes of say the flights for them to go there or the stay for their family to be close because they believe a lot of the time the family, it affects the family too. So they want the family to sit in on the, the final stages. So, and um, that got, got to me and I was like, well, maybe we can do that. We can pick up the tab when that happens. And 
we can pick up the tab if someone's insurance doesn't cover it because I genuinely want to make sure that everybody is given the opportunity that we can possibly give them to go get the help they need because they're at their most vulnerable and a lot of the time when it's addictions within law enforcement through PTSD because you know people turn to drink they turn to, to prescription drugs whatever just as a crutch to get to survive day to day you know um, and a lot of that too you bring that home and then you're in debt and you know the, the financials cops are not making a million bucks anyway so I mean the financials are not there so we want to make sure that they're given every opportunity to go get that help. Hey, isn't, you know, smaller departments uh, they're not as good with their health care and they're not <laughs> as good with I got a New York City Police Department they tell you when you come on you know go pick the high option rider for your health insurance in case you ever gonna have to go to the alcohol farm it's covered. <laughs> Alcohol <laughs> While you're in the academy, pick the high option writer. Because you're going there. You look like a farmer one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so we just that's it. We just oh, really want to make sure. Well, right? Pardon? Oh, now I'm here. I said, isn't it ironic that? Um, you know, somebody who's got a problem gets into a program, and as soon as they get the program, they're like telling their family that you can come and stay with him. Like, no, we just we're so happy we got rid of this freaking. Person. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> you can keep them. That's so funny. People I went after and I, with a warrant, and I, I show them the the thing, and I think I'm going to get some resistance. And then they lie to me. And they're like, no, he's upstairs. Please take him, please. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> you know, we have a big problem on the New York City Police Department with uh, with suicide. Yeah. And uh, one of the big problems, it's sort of a catch-22, is that when an officer reaches out for help, if it's of a psychological nature, they take his or her guns away. And that plays a massive impact on them. Like, yes. that's the worst thing. That's like stripping of them of their identity, you know? It's, right. That, that's and horrible. Also, it precludes them from making overtime. And it's a big, of course, a big stigma. So the, in the last few years, there's been um, some line organizations, specifically there's an organization in the police department called PAPA. I know them, yeah. Yeah, they can, and it's a great organization, which they can go to the line organization and they handle it outside the department. And they're much better at handling it. And the police department, uh, to their credit, has been trying to address some of these things. But no cop trusts the police department, you know. You see, this is the issue. I think this is the problem. And um, our website, like we're, the, the, the website's still kind of in its infancy, but the whole thing, the purpose surrounding the website is basically to get people who has been through hell and back on there talking about how they managed to reach out for help, what they did, what the process was, how they felt in the run up to it and getting the help and how they manage it. Because we want to try break down that stigma, you know, right. but there's one organization who I went out to in Florida and I loved, the, the reason why I loved them was because they have a program in place so when an officer wants to reach out for help, rather than go to his peer and have to say, I'm addicted to drugs, I'm addicted to alcohol, I have PTS or whatever, 
that's a massive thing for them to do. So they have this program in place and they literally have to go into their boss and say, I need help. And straight away, they're sent to the administrator's office and they're the only people that they have to tell is them because they then contact this center. The center takes over all the paperwork, makes sure, make sure your job is secure. They make sure, you know, there's no, no fallback on you. And um, they convey with the, with the peer, with their peers at home once you've gone through the process. So I loved that aspect of things because I think, Beach? pardon? That in Delray Beach? Yes. Yeah. I was looking at your website. I was like, I got a problem. I want to go to Delray Beach. <laughs> oh my God. Do you want to see? I went to see the facility where people stay. I wanted to go stay there. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's honestly, it's, it's better than anywhere I've been. <laughs> but, um, I love that program because, and I think if, if more treatment centers did that, I think the chances of people reaching out for that help would be far greater because it's, it's that, again, it's that stigma of how do you go and ask for help? But the more concerning thing for me as well is, and, and you'll see this a lot too, or you won't, you'll hear, you know, you'll hear it on the grapevine sort of thing is that cops who retire are also taking their own lives too. Yes. So there's, there is a massive, there's something that needs to be done to prepare people for leaving because this is like this is this massive big thing you're in you could be in your job 20 35 years right so these are your family and you know no different so it's like a grieving process you're putting yourself off and everything I, you know when i left i was only sad for about two weeks Mark, well, yeah. Mark, <laughs> i couldn't Mark, picture you sad Mark did that 20 and out and he was like <laughs> <laughs> You know what you think of the uh, you think of the uh, the blue as your family. Yes, yeah, very much so. I, I wanted to get away because my family was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> A dysfunctional family, but they love you. Some of the jokes from the show, twenty and out, he's pulling them right in the air. <laughs> he had a comedy show called Twenty and Out. It was about him doing twenty years and getting out. Getting yeah, out. There, there is a show or the, the, he's doing one? No, no, I had a oh, show. You oh, you did? Yeah. Once the COVID's over, I'm probably going to bring it back, but. Yeah, too. <laughs> too, because you know what? I think laughter has a lot to do with it, too. I think, you know. Twenty. You know, you're too, everything is too serious now, even, you know, so even surrounding retirement. You know, we, all, we always say that cops are some of the funniest people on this They earth. are. They are. Sense of humor, you know. And I love. I love. When we do comedy, we love cop audiences because they, you know, they love cop humor. You know. I, I love cop humor. I absolutely love it. I love doing the ride alongs. You know, but the best to crack with the ride alongs. You know, they're It's great fun. I, I've had the best times over there. Like the best times. Seriously, they're crazy, but they're great. <laughs> you wouldn't have them any other way. Do you go all over the United States with your organization? Yeah, well, a lot of the time I did last year because of obviously for research purposes, but um, the whole idea is it will be nationwide. So we're, we'll grow it as we go. So we have a chapter in Boston, we, we're registered in New York, but we will take it, you know, we're, it's baby steps. We literally only got our 501 Friday week. And um, so we were very cautious about, you know, how hard we hit the fundraising scene and stuff. We wanted to wait till you know, uh, we were 100% compliant, so now it's game on. <laughs> but we will Did be taking it across. To, uh, get people to donate to police. 
uh, organizations and police funds now with all of the yeah it is it is but then having said all that you have an awful lot of um companies who has never lost that that support for them who even want to donate more now you know um so that's a good thing it's kind of balancing itself out but um it's a difficult one it's you know it's a very difficult one right now because you don't with all this uncertainty in the run and it is call a spade a spade it's in the run-up to the election it's the election that's causing all this trouble and unfortunately it's the cops who's made a scapegoat out and there and it was the same four years ago it was the exact same four years ago so um when november comes and goes things will settle back down but it's then you know we need to be on our game then because that i think personally it's the calm before the storm for a lot of law enforcement officers right now because they're out in the midst of it all so they have this constant noise they're out on the battlefield so to speak in a lot of a lot of cities across the country right. so um they're constantly busy and and trying to decompress when they go home and then getting to it again the following day and it's just a constant constant but when that dies down and they have too much time to think well more time than they did have that's the worrying time because they're processing everything that's happened and you know a lot of them are, not every cop is the same I think there's two types of cops. There's cops like you who went into retirement and just, you know, shoot the breeze and it was great. But there's a lot of people who's the opposite where it really affects them. And and that they're the ones to worry about. And the funny thing about it is they're always the fun ones, huh? Amanda, I think we all, if you do 20 years or 25 years, even 15 years, I think we all have a level of PTSD, you know? Yeah, I agree. You show it in different ways, you know, um, you may have a, your own way of dealing with it, but I think all cops, they see, we see horrendous stuff. We get put into horrendous situations. And I could never you know, be. I one. sometimes wake up in the middle of the night thinking of a horrible case I was on, you know? And yeah, exactly. that's part of PTSD, you know? It's, oh, it is, 100%. I could never, I could never have, be a cop. I, I freak, one, I freak out. If I see a dead body, I freak out. I can't even go see someone laid out. <laughs> I'm a disaster. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the Irish loved funerals. <laughs> I love the funeral. I don't like going to see them. <laughs> and you have people and they're going, oh, don't they look lovely? You're going, no, they don't. <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> you know, but I, I could never see what you what you guys see or be in the position right. or the dangers that you guys have been in and not be able to like, I wouldn't be able to live a normal life. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I know I wouldn't. So um, it is a calling. It's not just a career. It's a calling. Not everybody can do this. Um, yeah. And everybody processes things in, in different ways and manages things in different ways. Amanda, if the Montauk Brewing Company wanted to make a donation to you to make good for how bad they <laughs> fucked up, they won't, though. <laughs> Did you hear about that story? This might. They're on their knees right now. They don't know what happened. Did you the hear best place for them. I did. I did. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Now they want to make amends now that they did the damage. Don't now. they all? Like Goodyear is the same. Like Goodyear now is trying to wear Blue Lives Matter t-shirts, Tim Blue Lion t-shirts. Like, yeah. you know, damn it. I got, I got, my, I got my blue I love one. it. I love it. <laughs> my Miami Vice. My Miami. You Miami Vice. You Don Johnson. <laughs> I was going to substitute for a cop shirt. Look, I got the real blue <laughs> 1970 <laughs> Miami Vice shirt. Miami undercover <laughs> detective shirt. 
<laughs> yeah, but you have to get the blazer now with the torn ups on the sleeves, right? <laughs> and the no socks and the shoes. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll call Montauk Brewing Company and ask them to sign up for 10 levels of dipped in butter and then we'll forget. Dipped in butter, you tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Buy 10 memberships at the dipped in butter level and we'll forgive you. And maybe. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe not either. Maybe not. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> so, Amanda, you wonder how did the police become society's punching bag for all the ills of what's going on in society? When politicians run what's going on and politicians destroy cities how come they're not the target of the ire of these groups that's that is the million dollar question it's like you know cops were always like i've spoken like i got on my network of cops is unreal right and i always remember talking to a friend good friend of mine tim griffin he's the chief of police in up there in new jersey and he was like amanda he said years ago in the 80s and the night early 90s he said Cops were respected even by the criminals. He said, you arrested some, they were respectful to you. He says, not all the time, but they, some of them be respectful to you and they knew the boundaries and they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, now it's just like, they're the villains. It's like, since when does law and order become the villain? It's like, like I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. These people are criminals, you know? And when you even look, even, I was only having this discussion last night, when you look at Black Lives Matter, right? And you go onto the website and you see this crazy lady that's running it, who was locked up for terrorism, right? <laughs> Gets a pardon and she's running that organization. Then you have another oh, yeah, shite, yeah. as we say, yeah. you have another one that, that's working for her, that the heads up a chapter in another state is done for murder. And you're going, these are the people that you're giving billions of dollars to. And where's the billions of dollars going to? They're not going to restore communities. They're not going to educate black people. They're not, they're not helping these people at all. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not, yeah. you know, and it's wrong. I, if, if, if I was black, I would be asking where the hell that money was going to and why, why our communities are the way they are. That money is going to fund a campaign when you click on Black Lives Matter, and you, I'm sure you've seen it, you, you click on where the where the donations are going to, it's going straight to the campaigns. You know, it's wrong. It's that. It's just downright wrong. And they're criminals. You know, it's just you know, it's, it's you know what bothers us too as former New York City cops is that we know that the New York City Police Department could put down a riot in 15 minutes, but they're yeah. not they're not allowed to do it. So oh, I know. Us to sit there and take this abuse. That's the thing. Dismantle this riot in no time. And they have the talent, they have the ability, they have the know-how, but they're not allowed to do it. If they were given the go-ahead, they would be in there, be like it would be like an express train, just boom, and they would be all just wiped out and it would be back to normal. They would run. That's right. As soon as they saw these half-hour pumped guns. <laughs> Mark, I, don't I don't know about your guns. I don't know about your guns, but Bill is a tank. <laughs> I don't know about his guns, but you're a tank. <laughs> you need to get in there and railroad them all. I just, I don't know. I just can't see the wood for the trees when it comes to law and order being allowed to prevail. You know, I would love for Trump to go right. Like, granted, nobody wants um, the the National Guard to go in. 
um, everywhere. But having said that, it's the right thing to do right now. If you, I mean, businesses are destroyed. This doesn't just affect people in general. You know, it, it, this is affecting businesses. Poverty, it's, it's just increasing po more poverty after more poverty. And a lot of the time through that comes suicide, you know, um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, everything else. So it's just feed. It reminds me, I watched a documentary on New York in the 70s and the 80s. And it reminded me exactly of that. It was, it, it was no law and order. Cops were being let go. Right. Um, you know, and, and the streets was just, it was chaotic. And, and that was all because of a dodgy mayor as well. So, you know, it's like history is repeating itself, but he's allowing, he is allowing this to happen and that's just wrong. He should be, he should be, I think all of the governors and all of the mayors should have to pay the price for what's happened. It's you know, storm. They, in New York, at least, we have a horrible mayor and the yeah. governor is no better. The governor no, is, he's a waste of space. Sides with the protesters slash rioters, you know. Yeah. 45 people shot this weekend, six homicides, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, and yeah. that's okay, right? Yeah, that's, that's okay. And, and you know, you know, you have... <laughs> yeah, but you have Schumer well, saying, well, you know, anyway, you know. <laughs> no, that, that's for sure. But then you have like Schumer saying that this is a myth, like that's not happening. Like, no, it's all hearsay. Well, Where is he living under a rock? People of color, too. So, you know, where this Black Lives Matter is, you know, you want to handcuff police officers. I mean, we had an incident today in Wisconsin over here. So now they're writing. It was last night. So now they're writing. And um, so it brings you back to. To point one, you know, like you can't, you're never going to get away from the another riot if you're going to riot every single time a cop shoots a black person. You're not exactly. going to riot. We're not keeping track of the other people. And the truth is, it's like you know, we're talking about one incident in between, I don't know, two or three weeks of thousands of contacts with people, uh, as opposed to if you leave people just amongst themselves for a weekend. Six to ten people are going to die. Fifty shootings. Yeah. That's if you don't have cops. If you do have cops and let them do their job, maybe there's going to be one controversial thing. Somebody didn't handle it right in the whole country. Not in every single. Not even in the state. In the city. Yeah. Forty-five yeah. people shot. Six people dead. But you know, Mark, as well, like when you when you take into effect um, what's happened, like. The thing that's kind of pissed me off some is because, see, this whole George Floyd thing, we all knew the background. We all know now the background of George Floyd and what have you. The fact that he was glorified, you know, um, and he was given he, he was given the American flag. Like, so military die for that flag, right? So right. It, to me, that was just wrong. But aside from that, when you put all that to one side, I read the coroner's report on his death and I see in the footage from the body cams. Why the hell didn't that come out before? Why wasn't the body cam footage released right at the beginning? Because it just escalated into this. They, they don't want to hear how bad George Floyd was. They don't want to hear that it wasn't the knee on the neck that killed him. You know, they just want to know it's the cop's fault. It, they want you to know it's the cop's fault. It's not the cop's fault. Granted, he should never have kept his knee on him for, for that amount of time. Having said all that, when you go back and you look at the footage, you're like, Jesus, you know, this coincides exactly with what was reported within his autopsy. So people, again, they don't want to hear facts. 
And I think people actually stopped, took a breath, you know, analyzed it from both sides and, and, and listened to the facts. I think people would have a, a far greater review on, on things than what blowing it up into this massive, chaotic, destructive war. You know what I mean? It's you know, just. Amanda, it's gotten so crazy that when a cop is in a legitimate shooting where he's being shot out, shot at and he wins the gunfight, they still protesting. They still protest. Look yeah. at look at the guys in Atlanta. He yeah. pulled the gun. He shot. He shot the gun back at them. I know yeah. it was a taser gun, but at the same time, that would have disabilitated him in and for at least what ten seconds. Right. What could he have done to him within that he ten seconds? Gun, which is what he probably would have done. You know? Yeah, and he'd have killed him. So like, but people are very quick to judge instead of taking the time and saying. And it's the same with bloody politics. It's like if you stop and you just actually listen and look at both sides of things, you'll have a better understanding of what's going on. Well, the week before, the DA, the DA called the taser a deadly weapon. And then when the cop... Exactly, and then when the cop happens... The cop was no longer a deadly weapon. You know? Ah, but where's the DA now? <laughs> yeah, the DA got, got, he got voted out, which is... I know. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but it just well, shows you, like... You know, the, the Michael Brown case in Missouri. Yeah. Up, don't shoot, which never, ever happened. I know, the I know. Physical, the physical evidence proved that the cop told exactly the truth and yeah Brown was lying proved but they don't want to know about that you know they well, don't, they don't care about that because that goes yeah. facts they still paid michael brown's family millions of dollars it's uh, don't even get me started on that <laughs> you know and maybe it's montauk it. uh brewery they just said some a cap Maybe, maybe they call a new beer. Maybe butter memberships. <laughs> butter balls. <laughs> Go put your balls. <laughs> oh, Lord. I can't help but think like that. <laughs> that's the so Irish now point. That, now that you're an official, what is it, 501. Yeah. What are you planning now? Are you, are you going to expand? You're going to grow bigger? You're going to help more? We will. We will. But. I'm very much of the, the mind, like we could easily grow it really fast, as in go to different states and what have you, but I'm very much of the consensus of make sure your foundations is 100%, you know, in, in your mission and what you want to do, um, and make sure that you have the right people on board and to support you. Because a lot of nonprofits, as I'm learning, it's it's very funny to watch it all unfold, but there's an awful lot of nonprofits out there who are now under the spotlight um for wrong dealings and i want to make sure that we're not that so um we baby dirty, step done dirt cheap <laughs> yeah done dirt cheap exactly so <laughs> i want to make sure now <laughs> <laughs> is we this were... your full-time job yeah yeah i've been doing it full-time for the last year and a half i do everything like what everything. did you do what did you do before that i was a hairdresser for 22 years wow <laughs> Could you yeah. cut locks here? Of course I will. <laughs> you can see he's using the uh, hairspray and the Grecian Formula 44. See, I have all the gray. I don't dye my hair. He's got to have some Grecian Formula 44 in there. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> get a little fade out. Oh, yeah, he has a little fade out. Because you know how I get totally confused. You're rocking it, though. You're rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of suits you, though, funny enough. <laughs> it does. 
<laughs> on Patreon, you could see a video of uh, Bill and I the first time we worked together, uh, and he's he actually had darker hair. Yeah. Oh, really? Quite, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. It was like six years ago. That's right. <laughs> it was like seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not can have it happen seven years. years. I needed a new. I got a new hip last year, so shit. I didn't have the new hip seven years ago either. There you go. <laughs> You're like the bionic man. <laughs> yeah, now I'm trying to get up off the chair. I gotta be like, oh. <laughs> hey, it's gonna happen to all of us. <laughs> my father used to get out of the chair and be like, grab my hands and just pull them out. Of the <laughs> I don't want to do that to my boys, but those years are coming, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's I think another thing, but I mentioned I have two sons. Jake and Casey. Jake's 25, 26, I guess he's going to be. He didn't join my Patreon. So I'm shouting out right now, Jake. Part with $7 a month for the bucket level. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $150,000 for this college and won't pay seven bucks to join for a month. <laughs> he has no choice now. <laughs> you guys can't imagine that college costs that much in Ireland, right? Oh, no, college is very different here. It's free, very different. Island, right? It's free education. Yeah, it's all free. Um, the, the the most expensive part is like your digs, where you go to stay. It depends on which college you go to. Then well, you the can't dig, go. The flat. I love those European words for the apartment. The digs, the flat. Would you like to come to my flat? <laughs> <laughs> now it's the gaff. <laughs> the gaff. I love when you, if you listen to Ben Morrison. He says. Uh, when you brush your shoes, stand before the Merle, and you comb your hair, grab your coat, and lout. Those are all Irish words. Merle is mirror, and lout is hat. But how are we supposed to know living in America? I know. I know. Right? When I, when, I started, when I started all this four years ago, obviously, like now I talk slower. You know what we're like over here. We talk 90 to the dozen, right? So but because I was doing what I'm doing, everyone was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? And you're like... So you, I now know to slow down my words. It's like a natural thing now. But if I, at the beginning, I'd be saying like words like crack and they'd be going, crack, what's crack? <laughs> you know, or even or even if I spelled some, something, they'll say, oh, you spelled that wrong. And I'd be like, no, I spelled it the Irish way, not the American way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's funny, we need like a little dictionary. <laughs> For yeah, people, you guys have a lot of your own words, though. Too. We do a lot of slang, a lot of slang, and even how you pronounce words towards us, even though they're the same words, you know, um, it, it's like, oh, what's the one now? Um, Sarah said to me the other day, "Oh my God, what was it? It was something. I was like, oh God, I can't think of it now. The what was the not the impeachment process, but there was a word around that, um." For Trump. Oh, I can't think of it. It'll come back to me. But the way he said it, I was like, do you want now? <laughs> he was like, what? Also, the way you guys spell, like the name Patrick, you guys spell P-A-D-R-A-I-G. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> no, it's P-A-T. Oh, I've seen it spelled Padrig, Padrig like P-A-D-R-I-G. Oh, that's, that's, that's the Irish language word. And then yeah. the, the name Liam is really from William. William, that's right. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm Bill, so I. You're I Bill. My name is William. You know, William. Ireland, they called Liam, right? William. That's right. My son's second name is Liam, um, because his grandfather's name is William. So yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, it's funny. Ask, it's, it's, Mark, it's, ask Mark his name. He's not Irish, but ask tell ask him his name. My Marcus, tell me. 
What is it? What is it? Say it again. It keeps breaking up. I, I keep it keeps breaking up. Mayo Banex. Mayo Banex. Yeah, that's a it's an Indian name. Really? Yeah, my father was named me after an Indian. Oh, you're named after an Indian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his last name is Sanchez. He, what the, you, the Indian is um. He, he Americanized was, his name, Mark DeMeo. He did. He, Indian, yeah, this is this is a wind up, right? No, no. The the Indian was indigenous to Dominicas, and oh. he was very brave because he tried to uh, kill some Spaniards, but then they caught him and they beheaded him. <laughs> he burnt the fort down. He burnt the. Are we taking him serious or not? Oh, it's a true story. Oh, it is. True Dominican story. Mayua next, and this other guy Guadiwa next. They burnt the fort down, a Spanish fort in the oh Dominicas, uh, because they had gotten conquered and the, the Spaniards were leaving. They were leaving <laughs> just behind the women that they had uh, that, that they had children with and some soldiers. And he burnt the fort down. But then they went, uh, then they caught him in the mountains and they beheaded him. Wow. Which is so ironic because I'm the biggest coward you'd ever meet in your life. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> comedy. <laughs> It takes guts to. I could never. I, I'm. I can't tell a joke. I'm terrible. I'm the worst Irish person that ever walked the planet. Oh, man, <laughs> he's not with us. Amanda Mark's actually a great comic. He's been doing it for like 23 years. He's really funny. Really. And he could do I'll 45 have... to an hour like that without batting an eye. I. I've only been doing it six years, so I'm not in his league, but. It's really good jokes. It's very tough, man. Will has good jokes. Yeah, I, I, I often look at people, you know, when they go out there on the stage and, and, and they're heckled. I'd be like, I would just actually coil into a ball and die right there. You wouldn't get me out of the stage to begin with. Like, but I don't know how you do it. I just don't know how you, you know, do it. You know, want to hear my, him, like, put down to a heckler? <laughs> you, what say, was that? Hey, sir, do you like birds? And say, so say, you know, just say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ever take a cockatoo? <laughs> <laughs> and that shuts the guy up right there. <laughs> if he answers you, yeah, you've got to worry. <laughs> well, who's going to say, no, I hate birds, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> cockatoo. Mark, do you have any good put downs for hecklers? Uh, it depends on who the heckler is. I I, I just look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a knack for looking at you and find and seeing what's wrong with you physically in one second, and I'll just pick it apart. Oh, and you pick the guy apart. That, that's an Irish thing to do. I used to say that about the police department. They said, God forbid, on the police department, you have any kind of an affliction, a stutter, <laughs> you've got a spot, anything you lip. If you stutter also, you're like, duh, 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 duh. you know, people are unforgiving. They destroy it's not for faint hearted. But oh, that's what I mean. We've lost our ability to laugh at, at ourselves. You know what I mean? We have. I just, I miss that because Irish people in general, you'll know this from being here. Um, we, we, we absolutely tear each other apart. Yeah. Um, when, like, and like giving someone a compliment is giving them an insult. You know what I mean? That's just the Irish way. Yeah. 
it is the Irish way. It's fun though, sort of. I mean, that's you know they make oh, yeah. precinct station houses or like clubhouses. Well, they are in a way because you're with each other more than you're with your family. Exactly. And there has to be a, an interaction, and there's got to be a lot of humor, and some of it's you know busting balls, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think that I think that's why I get on. I get on so well in the cop world. Like is because Irish people are very similar like that in general. Like it's a natural thing with us. So I I I wouldn't take offense. I'm not, I'm not, you know I'm thick skinned. I'm very thick skinned. But uh, but do you like birds? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. That was. Oh, he left me wide open for that. <laughs> I'll get you back. I'll get you yeah. back. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you know work with Irish Angel in uh, Ireland? Pardon? You don't do much work with your organization? No. Not the funny. Ireland. No. The funny thing about again the Irish the Irish police here is it really kind of bugs me a bit because. We're holier art thou about our, our police force. It's nearly like cloak and dagger, right? You don't talk about what goes on in it. You don't talk about anything. Everything that is released is through the Garda press office. Um, and they do not let outsiders in. They just don't. It doesn't matter whether your family is in law enforcement or not, or even if you are in law enforcement within, within Ireland. They're very fickle like that. It's, it's, it's very strange. And you know, it bothers me because we do have suicides within our, our law enforcement agencies here. Last year we had 15 deaths. Um, and given the size of this country and the size of our police force, that's a lot. <clears throat> um, but again, it's just kind of, it's, it's brushed under the carpet, you know? Um, and the stigma for reaching out for that help is, is really difficult here too, because it's very, we're very much old schoolers in the sense of put on your big boy pants and, and, and get on with it, you know? Now it's slightly changing now. We've had, we have a new police commissioner in, who's doing some great changes, but they're a little slow, I think, to evolve, but we're getting there. But um, the Port Authority Police in New York, um, I'm very good friends with uh, Paul Nanzito. Um, he's head of the PBA there, and we were talking, he wants to give some steel to, our, to Ireland from 9-11. Um, so that's constructed into um, a Celtic cross. But even like the police here want, want it, that to happen, but they didn't want me involved. And Paul said, without Amanda, this isn't happening. So, you know, <laughs> so that's got to happen. So they want it. But like that, that was a year ago, was it a year ago? A year ago, we had that meeting and we're, I'm still waiting on an appointment to go, go in to see the police to make you, that happen. Do you believe that 9-11 was 19 years ago this September? No, isn't that insane? Yeah. It feels like it was yesterday, honest to God. And you for heard people what was who still in the city with the politics, right? They were trying to cancel the ceremony of the lights. I know. I, I was fuming, fuming in, over that. My union, the SBA, said that we'll sponsor it. We don't need the state or or the city to sponsor. We'll sponsor it. And then the um uh I think the, the I forget the other charity, but they offered to cover it too. And all of a sudden, the state and the city were like, oh, 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 no, we'll back. You know, once their balls shriveled up, they, uh, exactly. you know. But, you know, four years ago as well, there was this, uh, around the same time, again, in the run-up to the election, I always remember 
because as I was learning, I was learning as I was going along about America and everything that was happening there and particularly what's happening in New York. And I guess I, I will never know the impact of 9-11 like you guys will know the impact. And, and to me, it's something that's etched in my brain. And I make my kids watch them documentaries every single year. So it's etched in their brains, even though they didn't live through it. Yeah. Because it's something I think we need to remember. It needs to be a constant remember. There's remembrance of, of those people, people uh, still suffering from that both exactly and dying from it they're still dying from it yeah. you know but um i remember and this was the four years ago in the run-up to the elections the mayor in new york had said that he he wanted to have um, a national muslim day in the city of new york and have a parade and right. i was like i listen every we're all entitled to our own religions but given what happened i just think that that was the wrong the wrong sentiment to give out right. um and that that triggered to me just how much disconnected they are from 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 what happened you know and you can never you can never disconnect from that 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 like i've been to i've been down to ground zero and i've been i've been into the see the museum and it's the most gut-wrenching thing like it's very solemn it's very from the moment you walk in you know you're hit with this I can't even describe it. You're overcome with everything. But I think that should always be the case. Yeah. That should, you should never forget that, ever. You know? Okay. Amanda, our last guest was this guy, Pete Panuccio, a retired sergeant. Just retired yeah. like two weeks ago. He did 39 years. And he came so close to death on 9-11. He was actually inside the building when it came down. Oh, my God. And now he was able to... Uh, to get through that. He got a little bit choked up telling the story, which I mean, I don't blame him. But uh, yeah. yeah. I can't comprehend it. Like I just couldn't, you know, what they, what the guys go through. And even every year when the, when it comes around, that time comes around, you know, I spoke to, to Paul and to the guys from, from Ford Authority Police and, and seeing the emotions to them when we were having that conversation, just like you could tell, it's still so raw. Even though it's 19 years ago, it doesn't feel that way to them that's always going to be etched in their minds and their hearts, you know, and, and, and to have people who disrespect the memory of it by wanting to do stuff like that, that's just wrong to me. Right. It's wrong. Maybe no, I, I teach I'm wrong. What was that? I used to teach college when I first retired and I brought my classes to uh, ground zero to take, you know, a look at the memorial. Yeah. A bunch of the kids were really uh, upset, uh, you know, to see the memorial and, and they all got so excited when they pulled up my name and they saw I was a first responder. They were like, oh, professor, you look at your name. Picking up hundred pounds of, of cement with rebar in it and just throwing it like that. But I think that's great that you did that because that needs to happen. I think that needs to happen with kids. They need to, the, the reality of what happened to show that, you know, this, this destroyed not just your country, but it destroyed. It had an impact on everybody in the world. Like it wasn't just a case of Americans dying. Yeah, it was very, very powerful uh, memorial too. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, I couldn't believe it. it I, you'd need to spend a whole day there because, you know, when you go to a muse museum, you kind of get bored or something. You move on to something else, and what have you. you don't there. It's just you right. just stand there and you take it all in, and it's just. It's breathtaking in a in a you know in a way that's not not a beautiful way, but it's 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 like 
it's just something you need to experience. I think everybody needs to go there and experience that and remember why we do what we do, why we fight, you know, for freedoms. And the fact that now people want to take that away, then their deaths are in vain. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. do that. You can't do that. So well, I, I find it. They did a backpedal when they were saying we're not going to have the ceremony of the lights because of COVID. All of a sudden they were like, oh, but COVID. They have the MTV awards though, right? But they didn't want to have, you know, but they backpedaled. So yeah, they had no choice. Like people were outraged over it. They were, they were outraged over it. And it was amazing to see everybody come together and, and fight for it to have that happen. I mean, like how difficult is it like to have a group of people go turn on some lights? You know what I mean? Not too difficult. It's yeah. beggar belief, it's beggar's belief to me. It just I I don't you know it's it's double standards on everything. If it was something that was to represent another another organization or whatever it'd be no problem let's go ahead and do that but you not when it's one of the things about your accent is irish people always say things like it's a question there's double standards on everything <laughs> it's true though it's almost like we do we do <laughs> answer a question with a question now we're answering a full question <laughs> they're politicizing this uh the covid at their um at their leisure so you watch basketball. Uh, the, the players are sweating all over each other. Droplets yep. flying everywhere. No masks. The co uh, the referees also sweating. Also sharing droplets. No masks. Coaches. The players on the bench. The cardboard cutouts. Nobody's wearing a mask. But there's one guy in the studio somewhere far away by himself wearing a freaking mask. <laughs> the world. It's true, though. They're politicizing the COVID for when it's when it's a, a, um, appropriate for them. If they can squash uh, an, a conservative idea or opinion, protest, whatever, no, it's the COVID. And anything else, you, you want to come and sing a song right in front of everybody on MTV? Yeah, it's available. No, come. No. Yeah, it's double standards. And, and even here, like, we, we didn't have the mask thing till about two weeks ago. And that drives me insane. I can't wear them. I just can't wear them. I start to freak out because the heat and the, ugh, it's just nasty to me. Like, I, I just don't like claustrophobic, them. Claustrophobic, right? So make sure you yeah, I am. I am a freak. I get agitated. I'm like, oh, just get me out of here. Like, but no, and no. I, I avoid the stores now. I don't go near them unless I, I it's a necessity. I just don't go near them. So, but, but you have some old person telling you, where's your mask? Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, right? We went all of this time. So you're talking about March time. So we, from March onwards, we went all this time with no mask, mm -hmm. no mask. And now all of a sudden we have to wear a mask. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? This lady like, must have been a hundred years old. A hundred years old. I was get, I was <laughs> outside. You're allowed to dine for some reason outside in the street without, I was having a beer without a mask. And I stood up to let somebody else come next to me. I wasn't even outside of a, where's your mask? A hundred years old. I said, lady, how long do you want to live? <laughs> what more do you want? How long do you want to go? You and your stroller. <laughs> Why are you out here right now anyway? But you know what I find is funny. You just made a good point. They say to you, you could sit outside with no mask, right? Well, in, in Ireland, you can go into a restaurant with no mask. You can go into a pub 
with no mask, but you have to buy at least nine euros worth of food or you're thrown out, <laughs> right? That's just the way it is. That's so great. it's ridiculous. It's double standards for everything. So it's like, um, you know, you can go, you can have 20 people, no, what is it? You have 15 people in your house, but you, can, you, can, you can't have more than, I think it's 15 people if you're having a, a party in your house. I think it's something like that. Be wrong. I think it's less. I think it's six people. Six people. Six people in your house, right? But you can go into a, a venue and have a wedding with fifty people, right? With no masks. I'm like, you guys make. We made it up as we went along. There's no rhyme or reason. If you're inside no. of uh, co Corona during the peak, you didn't get a chance to say goodbye. You didn't get a chance. You got a chance to. To stand across the street from the uh, the cemetery and wave as as the uh, the limousine went by with with your loved one in it. But for this guy who died, uh, the the senator uh, congressman from that guy, everybody was allowed in, no mask. It's all bullshit. Nope. Yeah, it is. It's all bullshit. It's all everything is a contradiction. It's all a contradiction of, of like rules. They set these rules up, and then there's a contradiction to the rules. To, to each individual rule and you're just like why there's no logic to it you know if you're going to make the mask compulsory you make it compulsory if you're going to make lock people down lock them down don't say you can go here with 50 people but you can't have more than six people in your house you know what i mean it's just it just i i, I don't get it i really don't get it i can't wait for it to be over come november this will be done no, no, I don't go to church. I have my my faith. I'm still Catholic, um, but Catholic it's funny. Here, I'm Catholic. 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 Yeah, but here, when all the, the, the scandals came out about the churches and stuff, people stopped going to mass here. Um, so now we have like one parish priest does like three different parishes and the churches are no longer open. You know, and is that because of, of the pedophile scandal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no one goes. You know, there was there was a uh, couple of years ago, ten years ago maybe. There was a priest who was arrested for being a pedophile, and his name was Hands. What an appropriate name for for a pedophile. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Can't make that name up, you know. But they want to arrest Creepy Joe as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing them videos. Oh, getting too political here. Show them that. My son, my son is twelve. That's a bigger problem in Ireland than it is. Even yeah, it. it was huge here, huge here, um, but not even not even just the priests. The whole there was the whole episodes with the, the laundry rooms, the nuns here as well, um, plus the babies, like. Unmarried mothers would go and have their babies, and their babies would be taken away. They'd be sold to America. A lot of the times, it was American people who and bought the babies. But then there was other babies that weren't sold. And then only about three, four years ago, they found at the back of a convent area, they found a burial ground, and there was that was tomb, right? Was it called tomb? tomb? Yeah, yeah. They found they found a serious amount of. I read the you know, New York Times did a whole big investigative report on that. It yeah, was it was huge. It was a huge scandal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, people, it's really sad because we've lost our, 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 you know, being able to go to church and and I miss that aspect. It's only when you get older, you kind of miss it more. It was different yeah. when I was younger. It was like, I used to dread going to mass. Your mother would make you go to mass. Put on your Sunday best, go to mass, you know. Um, 
and I used to dread it. I used to dread it because like it was, you know, kids wanted to be kids. And and I did that right up to the point where um, we lost my brother in 93. And it was around that time that all that sort of stuff started to leak out. And um, ever since that, it's just the church has just dwindled. And it's such a shame because we were such a Catholic country. Yeah. Um, and again, we have like, you probably know this from being over here. We never really had immigrants till about 20 years ago or so. So um, it was either Protestant or Catholic, predominantly pro uh, Catholic in this country. So now you have all these other churches popping up all over the place and everybody goes to them. Everybody goes to them. We have one of the biggest mosques in Europe in, in, in Dublin. Not too far from me, it's up the road from me. But yeah, we don't as a nation go to our own. It's it's just beggar's belief what why we don't, you know, it's bad. I think the church needs to change. It needs yeah, to, I think so. You know. I think so, you know. Yeah. You go to Dunkin' Donuts rather than the church. Exactly. My mother was hardcore Irish and I had to at least fake that I was at church. So yeah, that's, that's what we did. Yeah, so I'd go to Dunkin' Donuts and try to drink you know, a couple of coffees and have some donuts and then, oh, it's only a half hour. I got 15 more minutes I got to kill. Well, my mother used to make sure that we were seen. She'd ask our neighbors if we were there. So we would go to mass, had me go and say hello to everybody else, grab the pamphlet from the church. Right. And then shoot off out, and we and then we go home. I swear to God, Mao's at mask. <laughs> you find the say, what was the gospel about? And my older brother said, "All about God, Mom." Great <laughs> 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 answer, you know, for someone that wants to the church. <laughs> you we've been going for an hour and twenty minutes. I think we got to. We should we be wrapping it up yeah, now? We got to start wrapping it up. We, I feel like we could talk to you all night. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I just have to come back. They don't have good wine in Ireland, though. You know? What's that? They don't have good red wine in Ireland. No, the wine is. No, I'm not a big wine. They have to import it from like Chile and all these other wines. Chile, yeah. Chile's good. Italy. I'll, I love a, a Californian wine. There was I love a wine. wine. That's why when yeah. I miss it. That there was a wine because I'm not a big wine drinker, um, but there's a wine that they used to sell here till about two years ago. And when I found out that we're discontinuing it, I was like something possessed. I went around every store and I, <laughs> I bought up cases oh, of it, <laughs> but they don't sell it here anymore. Um, it's that such a home to use crack. What do you use that in reference to? Oh, crack, it's like fun, it's the banter, it's like having a laugh. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. Made yeah. a crack. Have <laughs> a bit of crack. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they got the name. <laughs> Maybe they got the name crack. for crack cocaine from Ireland. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to plug anything before we go off? Yes. Two things, really quick. We have two events ongoing right now. We have the Dust Till Dawn Challenge, which we're, we just did a soft launch and we'll be doing a, a bigger launch in the near future. But it's basically um, where you walk from darkness into light. Um, it literally costs $5 to participate. You nominate five people, a bit like the Ice Bucket Challenge, and you walk or run five kilometers into sunlight. Um, so we encourage people to take pictures of their sunrise and stuff because obviously we, because of COVID, we can't have mass gatherings. So we can't have the, a big run. So you can do it on your own time. And then by you sending us your pictures of the sunrise and stuff, it lights social media up to show those in darkness that 
you know, where there's people out there rooting for them and supporting them. So that's number one, which you can find on our website. Um, and number two, we have an auction coming up in two and a half weeks, September 12th, which will be live on Facebook. Um, and Darren Porter, Dr. Darren Porter is coming on to do that with us. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a bit of banter. You guys have to, you should come on, you should come on. You definitely should come on. <laughs> I think we need to make it a little bit longer and get you guys on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some of our jokes. I'll ask yeah, exactly, I'll ask exactly. Birds. <laughs> exactly. 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 But yeah, no, so that's going to that's gonna happen in a couple of weeks. But again, the funds that we raise are so important for to, to be able to help those who are in crisis, you know, to get the help they need, that they need. That's what we're all about on the police off the cuff. Yeah. Our goal is to help people, but we also want to help ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact, <laughs> which is why you need to get your butter balls. Butter balls. Butter balls. That's a new, I think you should rename it. Yeah, Butterballs is good, bro. <laughs> I think you should rename it. Butterballs is better. <laughs> Butterballs, <laughs> butter. <laughs> what do you got, Mark? You got anything? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Just uh, if you're a fan, you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed um, any of the shows that we've done, please, you know, put together a couple of shekels. If you got to do the bucket thing, you do the bucket thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Want to polish Bill's rack? You could do that, but we recommend. <laughs> highly recommend. Who picked these names, lads? Who picked them? <laughs> Between the rack and the balls, I don't. Know. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> want to polish Bill's rack? But we recommend. We highly recommend the butter balls. Get you. <laughs> get your head out of the car. <laughs> Oh, you two are happy. <laughs> Just check it out. Look around. We're filling the wall up with uh, some really fun stuff. I put some old comedy gigs on there, some TV stuff that I've done. I'm going to add some more. We're, I'm going to add my uh, my weekly, uh, you know, what happened in law enforcement this week. And Bill's got his true crime stories. Plus, we're going to be putting up uh, episodes uh, on there first. You're going to get firsthand uh chance to watch the episodes so uh yeah so that's it man please check it out man well and i'll share the hell over the across all my networks as well because uh, uh, they'll love it on police off the cuff after hours we have retired nypd chief edmund hartnett another irishman yeah. who's also the yonkers police commissioner and he's going to give his take on everything that's happening right now and he also wants to talk about you know the chiefs that knelt down and how he's yeah that and he's also going to talk about this new product called bowler wrap where it's a non-lethal device where you could shoot actually a mark got shot with it, and it wraps a rope around you and, and really i've seen it i've seen it but you actually got shot with it twice he got shot with it yeah is it sore he said it hurt too yeah it will definitely get your attention <laughs> yeah it just whacks around you right yeah fish hooks <laughs> Isn't it funny? Because like this, I was only talking to a friend of mine. A friend of mine um, is a cop in where is he? I think he's in um, Illinois, I think. But anyway, he's working. He does like a, he owns a gun store as well. But he's working for this other company as well, who's created this. Um, you know the way you have the pepper spray. Yeah. 
and pepper spray can kind of it can you know it can go out once you spray it, it kind of goes about within 10 feet or whatever where this is a gel <clears throat> so it literally only goes where you're putting it so so everybody is kind of restructuring how you know they might help law enforcement given the defunding and the de you know how now the training has to which is it's ridiculous by the way they trying to get rid of um they try to take away all your weapons but yet they're creating these non-lethal weapons now like you said the gel that can yeah. hit one person that's interesting yeah yeah it's great it, it is from what he told me he sent me the video of it as well i haven't had a chance to look at him amanda we invented a very special bucket full of butter <laughs> 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 the butter balls. The protest, but we gotta actually shove the person in the bucket, so it's you know. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great if you could actually do that? <laughs> be great. Big hot wet bucket of butter. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. <laughs> right, so Amanda, where, where where can we go to get um for whatever we need? If you're law enforcement, military, first responder. Uh, where, where do they go? Irish Angel. Tell us where they go. Yeah, literally just log on to irishangel.org. Reach out to us there. We have resources as well on the page. We're, we're growing the resources and the things. Hopefully we'll have like a little map of America where people can click on their areas and it will bring to the resources that's around them. Um, again, we have a st structure in place that the, the resources can reach out to us. Once they make contact with the resource center, they can reach out to us. And then we can help in that way financially for them. So, but we have, like I said, there's a lot of content on there of people having their videos up talking about their experiences because I think it's it's very, I think it's great if people are on there and they see the emotion in somebody and it resonates with you more, it resonates better. So if you want to go on, go on, take a look. You might be experience, experiencing the same as what these guys did and you can reach out to us there. And then you got the midnight thing. What, what is it? The, to to um, the morning there where you take a picture of the, the sun? Yeah, the dust till dawn challenge. Everything is on our events page. So if you just click onto the events. Plus we have does a, that, Mark does that every night when he goes yeah. into a bar and it's light. He comes out and it's dark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to post up. <laughs> what was that? You broke up. <laughs> I said Mark does that every night. He goes into a bar and it's light and he leaves and it's dark. <laughs> I just came in on the end of that. You completely broke up. <laughs> I just said he goes into the bar when it's dark. He comes out when it's bright. <laughs> so now you saw it was funny. <laughs> are, you sure, are you sure you're not Irish, Mark? <laughs> Let me ask you something. When Mark and I show up in Temple Bar in Dublin, are we going to be like celebrities or what? Yeah. <laughs> you will. When, if you guys come over here, we're not going to Temple Bar. I'll take you to the real, the real, the, the, the real upscale bars. Yeah, nah, they're no fun. <laughs> they're just a fun. People are all pretentious and all in them. You don't want to be in them. <laughs> you want to go away to practice. Walker, you're not doing bad. Not bad. <laughs> well, on behalf of police off the cuff after hours, I just want to give you a special thank you, Amanda Coleman. You're uh, you got a heart of gold. You have a great sense of humor. You're exactly what uh, we need in society, anywhere, wherever you live. We need Amanda Coleman's to, to come out. To Yo, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. we do. We need people to be vocal about their um, support of the first responders. 
Yeah. Not just law enforcement. They're talking about taking money away from EMS too. So yeah. 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 So thank you so much for your help. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Right. We're here for you. Anything that you, any way we can help you. Uh, being in New York, if you need something done, uh, somebody's giving you a hard time. Bill with his uh, his guns will go over this. <laughs> Bill's a tank. He's a tank. He don't need no guns. <laughs> He's got a big a big butter no a big bucket of butter. <laughs> Bill last year he does this uh, the spin classes. He does Zumba last you? last year he won a Zumba contest. I stop it. You did not. I do take spin too. <laughs> You're putting me to shame. Wait <laughs> during this this uh, epidemic, this pandemic. Well, he was home and eating all the time, you know. But uh, this is it. This is it. I'm like a big butterball. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Happy <laughs> grand. Guys, for uh, tuning in tonight, uh, Amanda delivered. Give visit the Irish Angel. Show your support for, for Irish Angel, for their uh, Police Off the Cuff Patreon. Share your wealth, man. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a good night, Amanda. Bye, Amanda. You too. I love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>